Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk. Well, hey, what is going on? My name is Nick Kirby, and welcome into Late Night Reds Talk, the live show and podcast that loves the Cincinnati Reds. We are part of the Believe Network, presented as always by Bet Online. Our show is live streamed on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and the podcast version is always up the next morning. If you're watching on YouTube, please take two seconds, hit that like button. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. It really helps us continue to grow the show. Well, as you see, I am joined, if you're if you're on YouTube, if you see, I'm joined by my guy, Steve Maurer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Clay and Carlos had to bolt uh, after a nearly five-hour game. Steve, are you still, uh, you still awake? You're out in Arizona, though, right? So you should be good. I am in Arizona, the 48th state, and it is currently, as we record, just about 8.36, so I am good to go. I might just turn on a West Coast game uh, later. I think the Angels are still playing or something, so I'm good to go, my man. Tell those who don't know, everyone probably knows the account that you work for. Uh, Tell us about what you do and uh, uh, how you got into this, this crazy Reds fandom. Yeah, so uh, I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, born and raised, uh, West Side Cincinnatian. Uh, so just in my blood to be a Reds fan. I used to run the Barstool Cincinnati Viceroy page when I was a student at the University of Cincinnati with a couple of my buddies. And then once we were done with that, we decided to just start up a Reds page doing something similar, like kind of just trying to make more of the lighthearted side of uh, just being a fan and following along with the Reds. Uh, We started in November, 2018. Uh, It's called, and this blog belongs to the Reds. We also have a podcast called Reds country radio. Uh, We have an episode about once a month, Uh, just how it works out with off days and uh, our schedules. And just when uh, the Reds are being good, we are a little bit more enthusiastic about uh, getting a podcast out uh, for everybody, but uh, about, uh, about once a month, we recap what's going on with the Reds and, uh, really the focus of the account, uh, is just to try and just look at things from a different light, try to make, you know, funny observations, jokes, memes, just about the Reds. Um, and I, it's really been crazy to see how much it's grown, even in this year when it's been a down year, it's grown a lot. So, um, if you follow, thank you. If not consider it don't have to, but you're uh, more than welcome to join us as we uh, try and stay on the positive side. Nick and I are uh, uh, maybe some of the more positive people on Reds Twitter. So uh, I, I really enjoy uh, being on here with you and uh, shed some of the positive light of the Reds uh, side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you came on uh, after the Luis Castillo news for an emergency trade and uh, did an awesome job. I knew we had to have you back on. Uh, so really excited to have you uh, back on tonight as it just happens to be the two of us. Uh, wasn't expecting that, but hey, we'll, we'll, we're here and uh, I think we're going to have a fun show tonight. All right, before we jump in too far, I got to tell you about our partner, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your, all your favorite sports, contests, events with first of market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every sport, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. 
Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is where the game starts. And as always, we thank Bet Online for their support of late night Red Sox. All right, well, let's jump into the uh, game tonight. Uh, Reds fall 5-3 to the Cardinals in 13 innings, uh, 14 hits for the Reds, uh, but they, they came up short. Uh, I'm not even really sure where to begin with this. Um, Joey Votto was in the booth for actually probably only like half of the game <laughs> because the game went so long. Uh, Steve, let's start there. What was your thoughts on uh, Joey Votto in the booth? I would love to hear him, uh, maybe not in the booth in the future, but some kind of pregame show where he's breaking down swings and hitting because obviously he knows a lot about hitting. But just to hear him talk about guys and getting a flat plane on their swing and just reacting to things that were happening during the game, obviously such a natural baseball talent on the field. But I do think he has something there in the broadcasting chops. And it was just fun to hear him just be involved uh, – Last year, he took part in about an inning of a Reds-Cubs game in April while he was still rehabbing, and that was fun. But just to see his reactions to stuff in the booth was great. Um, The game uh, wasn't so great for the Reds. Uh, It was a lot of fun uh, until the 13th inning. A lot of great relievers, and uh, I I would say relievers. (laughs) uh, Nick and I were talking about that before going live about how all the relievers who pitched tonight were great. So, um, but like it says up there, RCD's Kino three for three night. Uh, Joey liked that. Uh, he was talking about how he keeps working on his craft. Um, but otherwise I think a, just a good game uh, and just tough to see it end like that. Uh, when you play five innings of baseball, you would prefer to win the game. Yeah. That would have been one of those games that in a lost season, if the Reds were able to win that game, like maybe in the 12th uh, or any of the, the innings late, would be one of those like classic games that you remember 10 years from now. Oh, I remember that game. We'll still probably remember this game. I still remember that Wilson Valdez when he was on the Phillies game and it still like haunts me in the air and harangue. So yeah, this is, I don't know, maybe, maybe not up there with those because the Reds didn't, you know, ultimately win, but still, uh, hey, it was a fun, fun game. Uh, Wild. Mike Miner is pitching pretty well of late. I mean, I know he didn't get through five. Um, pulled him pretty early. Uh, I'm sure David Bell probably regrets that. I mean, hindsight, you know, since the game went into 13 innings and he had to pitch guys that he didn't want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Reds had a lot of relievers just step up and pitch really well. I mean, some of it's fluky, but, you know, guys like Buck Farmer, um, Reaver San Martin was, was really, really good. Um, Steve, what's your thoughts on on Reaver? You know, before we move on here, uh, I, I just man, I just continue to be so impressed with him, uh, game after game. He continues to get it done. Uh, that was one of my early predictions. I think it was only to our group me of three guys uh, who are covering the Reds for our, our our page. But I was like, you know what? He might not be the best starter ever, but he he could be a reliever. I could see them putting him in the pen and like letting him try to be a starter. But you're right, Nick. Reaver the reliever, the grim reaver, whatever nicknames you have for him, he has just showed out. And uh, I have to go look at his splits again since he became a reliever, but 
he has been nothing short of great so far. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, is that you can watch for is like bullpen guys, you know, like if, if a bullpen guy is going to be good enough to stick around on the team for next year and, and, and obviously River San Martin is a rookie and he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, but I really enjoyed seeing his resurgence so far this year. And again, tonight showed some rare emotion after that double play. He was fist pumping as he walked off the mound. What about you, Nick? I, I, I know I've seen you tweeting a lot about Reaver. He's just been a revelation for a otherwise not great bullpen this year. I just, I, I love a guy that, that's easy to root for that, that had these like brutal struggles, you know, goes down to triple a works on it, comes back and has some success, man. That's just, that's like my, my favorite part of baseball, you know, individually is guys to root for like that. So yeah, it's really cool. I mean, look, the reds have not had very many good left-handed relievers like in a long time. Uh, so, Hey, hopefully he can keep this up. Um, you know, I mean, the more teams see him, you know, they might be to figure some things out. But if you know, you're only talking, you know, three, four, five batters at a time, I, mean, I think he could be a lot more effective. Um, I thought Jonathan India, you know, I think his overall numbers haven't been like, you know, eye popping the last month or whatever. But he's on a 14 game hit streak, had a really nice game tonight. Uh, so it would be really great to see him finish the year. And then, yeah, I mean, Joey Votto, I mean, how how fun was that? Um I love when he like did the ad reads like and they weren't expecting him to. He just jumped in and did him. Uh, that's the most uh, uh, Joey Votto uh, a thing ever. So, yeah, hey, fun game. Didn't work out but uh, tonight, but hey, it was uh, entertaining and there were some good moments. And, you know, as we're you know building towards the future, I think there's some definitely some positives to take from uh, from this game overall. All right. Uh, let's move on. Talking about Joey Votto. Uh, Votto did an interview. Uh, with, with the press earlier this week uh, talking about uh, the injury. But the thing that I thought was most interesting was he talked about uh, his future and his future with the Reds and uh, beyond that. So let's play this clip and then we'll talk about that. I mean, it is the last guaranteed year of your contract next year. Mm-hmm. Has that ever been a thought in your head like last year with the Reds could be next season? Yeah, I do think about that. I'm addicted to performing. And that has never changed. So if I perform well, I'll in all likelihood want to continue to play. I don't like performing poorly. I don't like embarrassing myself. I don't like being a drag. I don't like. So I, I feel good. I, I've I've said that all year. I feel energized. I feel good. I feel healthy. I don't. It just didn't make sense how I performed this year. I do think about that uh, the 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 contract. Of course, I want to start my career and finish my career in the same uniform. That's a priority for me. And I only have so many, you know, years left. One, two, three, who knows how many I have left. But I'd like to finish it in the same uniform. And I, because I think the pride part of me wants to tell a story. You know, it's hard to tell a story if you confuse the story, and especially if the ending's confusing. I want to finish my career well, and hopefully the team plays well, and I get to be a part of a championship. So that's, that's a little less in my control but we'll see how that goes. So some interesting comments there uh, from Joey. I hate even talking about the end, but we do got to start talking about the end here at some point. So, yeah, it's... The for the first part that stands out is, is, you know, Joey says it's a priority to finish his career with the Reds. 
Steve, do you let's break that down? Do you take that as like he, if they came up to him and said, you know, would you want to be traded this offseason? That he would probably say, no, I don't want to. Is that what you take from it, or do you take that as just player speak? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I would take that more as just player speak because while obviously he has been really devoted to the Reds and he stuck it out through some lean years and some good years. I mean, I'm sure at the end of it, he wants to win a championship. And I personally, I don't see them trying to trade him because of his no trade clause and uh, of how popular he is. He is one of, he is the most popular red right now um, after some of the moves that have been made uh, this past season. And I, I just don't see them trying to move him. I don't know exactly what his trade value would be either. Um, I don't know what you're really netting for a 39-year-old Joey Votto at this moment. Um, and it seems like the best option uh, is probably to just uh, cut, uh, like take his buyout in 2024 uh, and just have him play out one more year in 23. And that would personally make me sad to see Joey Votto on a team that's not the Reds. But I think it's just something that, it's a, unfortunately a reality of baseball and age time where the Reds are right now. Uh, other than Joey, the Reds don't have any money committed uh, to the 2024 uh, salary book. So uh, personally, I could see them just taking that buyout option uh, that year. Yeah, I mean, I, I sadly, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I don't, I don't see any way the Reds are picking up that option. And, and I, mean, I know people say, well, it's only 13 million when you subtract the buyout. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're you're talking the age, he's going to be. You know, thirteen million is is still quite a bit of money, and, and I think the Reds could, could, you know, probably use that for, um, you know, pieces, and, and it may even be, you know, signing guys, you know, to multiple years deals and having some of that money freed up for that. The one thing that I hope is, I, I hope that maybe both sides come up with something this off season, so there's some like finality to this. Uh, so, you know, assuming, and I, I'm with you, Steve, I think most likely the scenario is he stays on the Reds next year, he plays it out and then they decline the option. But I kind of hope there's some, some finality to that where, you know, like Reds fans can, can celebrate Joey Votto and, and, you know, he can, you know, have this, you know, victory tour that he deserves and, and, and you know, can be recognized and, and and fans know that, and you know fans that don't maybe follow as close, but have, have loved Joey Votto and his his craft, you know, aren't blindsided at the end of next year. Oh, he's gone, you know. Like, so I, I would hope that there's there's something with that next year, and uh, um, so yeah, we'll see. But that's kind of something we gotta we gotta start talking about as uh, not it's, fun as it. As it is. It's just unfortunate because, you know, we, I think we all love Joey, especially a lot of people who are on Twitter love Joey. And I, I, it really is interesting to see how much he's been putting himself out there recently. Like last year, he did a lot more podcast interviews. This year, obviously, joining social media and showing a different side of himself, joining the booth tonight. Like there, it, it seems like he, he's trying to show a lot of different. Uh, angles of himself that he might not have shown before. And I, I, I agree with you. I hope there's some sort of resolution uh, or if he decides he wants to keep playing in 2024, maybe they restructure his contract. I don't know how that would work, but it's very unlikely that he's here longer than next year. So it's, it's very, I don't know. It's sad. Like it, it's something that 
I think we've all held on to as Reds fans for the past 16 years of having him around the team and in the lineup every day, but it's baseball. It's time. It's uh, it's unfortunately how, how that all works. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, let's talk about something a little more fun. Let's talk about TJ Friedel. Uh, he had two hits, I believe tonight. Uh, this is not, if you're watching, this is not included in that. I cannot do uh, live stats that quick, but uh, uh, man, TJ Friedel has been so fun to watch. Uh, Steve, what's your, your thoughts overall on, on the TJ Friedel show? Uh, well, just from videos of him in AAA when he was sent down, his stance has obviously changed, and I think that's helping him a lot. And that's something that you really love to see from players who are sent down and eventually want to come back up is they, they're adjusting, they're changing things, they're making sure that they are becoming tougher outs. And the stats don't lie. That For the month of August, he really raked. He, he had a good stretch there for about a week where I think he had – well, this past weekend in in Washington, he had two home runs and he had that great catch in the eighth inning. Um, I think he's really just taking this opportunity uh, when he's getting the most playing time. And I think that's what you want to see from a guy like him of taking your opportunity to shine when you're giving when you're given it and giving yourself another year. And maybe who knows, he he keeps doing this, producing it month after month. This month of August has been great, but obviously uh, it's just, okay, you did that for August. Now can you do it for September? Can you do it next March? Can you do it? It's just, it has to keep coming back and uh, again and again and again, but nothing but positive on this side for me, just seeing how much he's produced this month. Yeah, kind of got a, a really good question from Mr. Juan that kind of went right along with kind of where I wanted to take this next Uh you know, is TJ Friedel actually a solid regular? Is he having an Aristides Aquino type of month? Um, I mean, I would probably say maybe, you know, split the difference on that. Uh, the one thing that's been really impressive with Friedel is uh, the extra base hits that he's had, you know, seven extra base hits this month. Um, this was a guy that the reason I wasn't a huge believer in him uh, was because I just didn't see enough power, but he's, he's changed his swing and he's, he's showing a lot more power. Uh, and his with his defensive value and his ability to play center field, uh, the margin for error is higher. He, he doesn't have to, you know, even OPS over 850. You know, he'd be he'd probably OPS right below 800 and still be a pretty valuable player. Uh, kind of a hot take. I, don't, I probably would have him ahead of Nixon Zell in the depth chart right now, you know, especially if we're talking against like right-handed pitching in center field. Um, I'd rather see TJ Friedel out there. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure that's more of an indictment on Sinzel than, than, you know, a, a compliment to Friedel, but, uh, yeah, I, I want to see more. I want to see him finish this year. I, I want to see him play as much as he can over this final month. Uh, uh, man, he's been just a, a plus a surprise, just such a weird year to, to, for the Reds to have such a, you know, a, a bad record, but have all these guys that have been interesting, like all these guys in the first half that most of them got traded. Uh, and, and now there's, you know, guys like Friedel and, and you know, Raver San Martin and Buck Farmer kind of, you know, emerging. That's just, I guess it's one of the, the the fun, weird quirks of baseball is even in a, a lost season, you could still have these cool stories. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's something that, that uh, is just keeps you watching the team and uh, 
bringing you back to watching games every night is just watching guys like TJ Friedel really shine, uh, especially when you haven't seen that uh, previously from him. So I, I'm just happy for him too. He's finally uh, taken a, a, a real advantage of his opportunity uh, in the big leagues. And I think he, he'll let him lead himself back on the team next year. If he keeps producing like this uh, to respond to that question. I mean, like I said, it's just a month to month thing. We'll have to see how he keeps producing, but uh, if he's shown the ability to adjust and uh, keep working on his stance, he's shown the ability to be a major league ball player because you, you have to keep adjusting. You have to keep working on yourself because those pitchers are the, you better believe they're adjusting too. And their pitching is only going to get better and better and better as time goes on. And I, it's just cool to see a guy take his opportunity and then take his lumps down in triple a really figure himself out and get back to it. So Good for him, man. And I, I think he's just going to be one of those guys that could be a fan favorite as well. Just the, the hair flying out of the back of the hat. And uh, that I'm still in awe, Nick, over that play he made on Saturday night. I, I don't even know how he saw that. It like somehow looked over his shoulder and the ball was there. Like that, that I would like to see the stat cast, like what the cash probability on that was because I, I don't know. It was an awesome play. Yeah, yeah, for real. And his defensive value is definitely there. There's definitely some defensive value there. And then tonight he had a bunt single. Uh, you know, I believe D- Doug Gray was talking about it earlier. You know, he's like the best, you know, I don't know if it was Doug that rated him or someone rated him the best bunter in the organization. And, you know, previously we had, we had heard that. We saw him up because it's like, okay, well, that's his like one trick. That's not going to work. But if he can, you know, drive the ball and, you know, bunt and teams are going to try to shift – then, then his his bunting ability really becomes such a more of a weapon. So, uh, yeah, that that's just a really cool. Yeah, just been a fun player to watch. You know, we'll see, we'll see if I'm, I'm sure he'll come back down to earth some. But I'm interested to see what his what his more back to earth level is. Is it a is it a 550 OPS or is it a 750 OPS? Uh, if he you know has 750 OPS in in September, I'm feeling pretty good about about TJ Frito going into next year. A bunt single against Nolan Arenado. You left that part yeah, out. Yeah, so, like <laughs> more props to him. Yeah, and we saw a Colin Moran infield single against Nolan Arenado. What a what a nutty game! All right, let's uh, move on to Justin Dunn. Had a really nice start uh, yesterday, but had to leave early. Uh, let's let's uh, listen into his interview uh, after the game, and then have a discussion about him. After the third that long inning, it just kind of got a little tight on me and. Went up to go get a stretch, and by the time I came out, the decision was made and tried to fight to stay in. Um, but in hindsight, probably the right decision coming off my history and um, get right back at it this week. Do you think that's something you're just going to have to deal with, the shoulder? Just, it's going to be a slow process to get it right or where you want it? Yeah, you know, I'm going to get in with the guys in the training room and then just figure out the best course of action. But um, hopefully it goes away. You know, that'd be, that'd be nice. But hopefully it's not for too long and, and can get right back on track. Even a minor shoulder issue happens after what you went through last year. Does this kind of stuff make you a little nervous or not at all? Yeah, I mean, obviously you get a little nervous, but it, it feels different than what I went through in, in Seattle. And um, they were fortunate enough to make the right decision. So I'm super thankful for DB and, and DJ pulling me out. You know, the competitor in me wanted to go, but God forbid I go out and throw one pitch and, and something worse happens and I'm out for another 460 whatever days it was. So um, the competitor in me was pissed, but and looking back at it now, it probably was the right move. David said David said he was very confident you'd make your next start. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. 
All right, so Justin Dunn, after his start uh, last night, really has looked pretty good the last three starts. Uh, a 2.40 ERA over the last uh, last three starts. Um, it was unfortunate to see him leave early. Um, nice to hear that they expected him to make the last start, but I've heard that before, and not blaming the Reds. Every team does this, so this is not a Reds thing. Don't, don't make this out to be the Reds are deceiving people. Everyone does this. This is normal. Um, but yeah, it just it, you know, it's been nice to see Dunn. He's kind of a wild card that could really help this rotation next year. Uh, if if Justin Dunn is, solidifies himself as your number four, number five starter, it kind of helps. I think everything else uh, fall into life. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, and and that four pitch mix that you have on screen, like that's something that I think we haven't really seen uh, from a guy like Hunter Green, for example. You know, a guy who obviously relies on his two heavy pitches, but is still working on that third. If Dunn can reliably use four pitches to his advantage, that's just going to help him a lot as a starter. And like, like you said, as a fourth starter, not much pressure on him in that role. Just give him a chance to shine. And uh, he's, he's shown it recently. He's given you like some good starts and obviously had to leave the game early last night. But I think that's just a precaution you have to take right now when where you're unfortunately out of the race and games aren't, mattering as much in a win-loss column sense but you, you don't want to get him hurt you don't want to bring up any old injuries that he had but uh i think justin dunn is going to be the underrated piece of that mariners trade and now obviously connor phillips and and uh and williamson are still in the minors and we've seen what uh, jake rake fraley has been but i think there was a lot of people who were down on Justin Dunn just because of his history of being traded from the Mets to the Mariners and the uh, Edwin Diaz deal and now being traded a second time and while injured as well but I, I think the Reds can really get something out of him if he obviously one stays healthy and two continues to pitch as he's been recently and I think this is really what they saw in him I, I just have a lot of trust right now in what the Reds are doing with their pitching and with their development at the moment, especially with Derek Johnson at the helm. And if they found something in Justin Dunn, I'm willing to believe in them and their vision for him and what he can do with the club. Yeah. And even if Justin Dunn like is a slightly below league average starter, 4.5 ERA over the next couple of years, Reds have him under control through 2025. Hey, that's a valuable piece. You see what, what happens when guys get called up that aren't don't belong in the big leagues, you know, how bad that can be. So, yeah, I mean, if he can do that, I mean, I think that's a, a great win as part of that trade for the Reds. And, you know, you hope that the other, uh, you know, bigger pieces really pan out. But this is a really, really, really nice bonus. So I'm definitely interested to see how he can finish the year. Hopefully it, what they said was true and he's he's back on his next start. But he's definitely, uh, you know, one of the uh, players that I'm uh, I'm most interested in. We're going to talk about. Uh, some of the things we're most interested in here in just a minute. Um, prospect watch. Uh, boy, it has been, uh, you know, I uh, I got MLB, MILB TV last month, and it has just been so fun to watch the uh, the Reds organization, you know, whenever I'm, I'm able to. Uh, just so many exciting players. Uh, I've talked, you know, way too much about Ellie De La Cruz. Steve, the floor is yours. What do you think about... Ellie de la goat. <laughs> he, 
he's a five tool guy, man. I, I, I mean, even a six tool guy. If you, uh, if you know what Rod Carew said over the weekend about guys using their minds to play, play baseball. Uh, Ellie has that part of his game too. His baseball IQ is incredibly high. Uh, we saw that earlier this month with that play um, against. Uh, I think it was Mississippi or I forget who it was, but he scored when the ball was thrown, thrown in a lazy throw into the infield and he, and he took off for home. And uh, there was a fan shot video last night of him uh, hustling out of the box and sprinting to second and man, he can fly. Like, I think that's one of the underrated parts about him is like, we know he can hit, he can, he can steal bases His walks have been a lot better recently, but he has got some serious speed and, if it doesn't work out in the middle infield, I could definitely see him being a center field piece or uh, something that uses his his talents to the, to the most because he's got everything you'd want uh, in a ball player. And how early can you call him up? Like, is is now too early? Like, is yeah. is next year too early? Like, I I don't know. He's so exciting, and uh, I don't I. I I don't want to build the hype on him too much. He seems to be taking the hype pretty well on his shoulders and he's able to, you know, he's been having such a great year and he hasn't seemed to let the jump to double a affect him as well. He's been producing a lot up there in a higher level in a, I would argue uh, a more competitive level than triple a baseball, because it's a lot of top prospects in double a and uh, just guys trying to get, get to the get to the majors in that level and they're all super highly competitive and he's done nothing but rake since he's come up so ellie de la goat uh i am trying to help conduct the hype train for him uh, every time he does something i'm putting out the train emoji like choo choo we got to get him going and uh like more people should know his name and i i think it's a personal travesty nick that he's not number one uh, in every person's mlb like prospect ranking because he is so exciting yeah i mean he has flown up a lot um he was like 50 just like a couple weeks ago and he was like barely in the top 100 at the beginning of the year and he wasn't last year so it's it's hard to just you know go from nothing to one so like i'll give the prospect guys you know a little bit of grace on that but yeah, De La Cruz's OPS like almost 30 points higher at double A than it was uh at high A. <laughs> He's been better. <laughs> like uh, how? Like is a higher is batting average like 20 points higher? Um just yeah, it just they they will know his name. They they will know his name. He he's the kind of player that can uh he's a franchise altering player if he pans out like we we hope he can. And he might, he might not, and that's not fair to put all the pressure on him. And I don't I, mean, I don't think it matters. I'm not putting any pressure on him, but I, yeah, I think you understand what I'm saying. But um, man, I would say you know the one thing is you can't you can't screw up calling him up. You have to call him up at the right time. You can't call him up too early. Um, you don't want to call him up too late either. But it, it has to be the right time. Um, I think he needs to finish the year at Double A. You know, finish strong. Start next year at Triple A, and if he's still banging a triple a and he doesn't miss a beat then i mean i don't i don't see why you're not calling him up next summer next you know may june um but yeah I mean, time will tell uh, a player that might be getting called up i guess today as it is after midnight on uh the east coast it is now september 1st 
uh, and the rosters do expand by two players to 28, is Spencer Steer. Uh, Spencer Steer was uh, one of the players acquired in the Tyler Malley trade. Uh, 128 weighted runs created plus altogether um, throughout uh, uh, his uh, time in the minors this year between double A and and triple A. Steve, let's start with you. I mean, do you think that the Reds should call Spencer Steer up today? Uh, Nick, I have a, another stat for you. I, he's only uh, he has not been on base in one game out of his twenty nine games uh, within the Reds organization so far, and that's just in the month of August. And man, he I I don't see any reason why you don't call him up. Um, I think we're past the time the the service time uh, point at this point in the season and you get those two extra roster spots. And I really would like to see him get called up because, you know, he's, he's almost 25 and I think that's a perfect time for him to really show what he has. And, you know, he's, he's a, he was a college guy, so he is a little bit older than some of the other prospects that are highly rated across baseball, but man, he's another exciting guy. And I, again, tonight he had another double and uh, I think, I think two hits tonight overall, but, uh, he's been really knocking the cover off of the ball in Louisville. And I think he's definitely earned his way up. Yeah, I would definitely, I would like to see him called up. Um, I'm not going to kill the Reds if they decide not to. Um, but personally, I would like to, I mean, I think it would, a, it would be a lot of fun. It'd be another really interesting player to watch that would make this last month a little more uh, enjoyable. Um, the one thing that does concern me, and I, I like Spencer Steer a lot, and, and, and I think he has a lot of upside. One thing that does kind of concern me is his ability to hit right-handed pitching. Um, his batting average this year is only like 251 against right-handed pitching. Now, he destroys left-handed pitching, um, but he's got pretty pretty significant splits. And, you know, I just I wonder if the Reds are looking at that and and maybe you know some other things that they're wanting him to work on maybe making more contact against right-handed pitching and, and they're worried about calling him up right now and you know him kind of you know falling on his on his face or, or just it, it not clicking you know for him um, so maybe that's a concern um, but like, like you said with his age you know you gotta start seeing what you got here at some point so I hope he's called up um, I'd be disappointed but I'm not going to be, you know, come with pitchforks if they don't affect. Yeah. That, that well, makes sense. another thing I didn't realize until a couple of days ago is that the double A AA and triple A seasons go till the end of September now. So it's not like he's just going to be sitting on the shelf uh, for the month of September, at, like he might have been in previous years. You can still give him that opportunity to play every day in triple A. So I agree with you. I, I mean, it. If it's, if they call him up, great. If not, let him work on that. Uh, let him work on his splits, and hopefully he'll be ready in time for opening day next year if he's still producing the way he is right now. Yeah. All right, the next guy also acquired in the Tyler Malley trade, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand. And every time I watch this guy, man, this guy hits. And uh, maybe a hot take here. I think Christian Encarnacion Strand has a case as the best hitter in the Reds uh, minor league organization. Um, obviously wow. he plays first base and is probably going to be first base DH, maybe some third base. Most people don't think he can play third base in the big leagues. So he doesn't have nearly the value of a uh, De La Cruz or a Marte or 
um, an Arroyo, um, but just pure hitter. I mean, look look at the the way the Reds created plus. He's at 158. De La Cruz is at 159, and they've had almost parallel seasons. Uh, Encarnacion Strand uh, was uh, in Double A, or sorry, started in High A, moved to Double A this year. Almost like very similar to De La Cruz. So I, I think this guy has a case as one of the the. I, I could be could be the best hitter in the organization in, in the minor leagues, and uh, uh, I think he has a chance to actually get to the big leagues before De La Cruz. Because I don't think the Reds are necessarily as worried about you know rushing him, or um, if they are doing any silly service time manipulations, not as worried about that with him. But man, this is a guy that man, you get him at Great American Ballpark uh, could really really be just an incredible incredible hitter I, I can't wait to see him i mean we were unfortunately talking about uh vada moving on from him in 24 but uh may i present to you someone who will be ready in 2024 most likely uh mr ces christian encarnacion strand uh like you said the the way to runs created plus is something that's eye-popping and i hadn't I didn't see that before you just posted that. So I just, it's so cool to see that. And uh, I think that he's just been part of a lookouts lineup that has just been like crazy good over the month of August. So um, I, I think he's just been another exciting piece and he's only in double a right now. You still, you can still give him time, really work him up all next year of triple a. And if, if he does continue to produce, he could definitely be that, right-handed Joey Votto replacement, play first base, play DH, great American ballpark, like you said, is calling his name. And I, I, he's another guy that I think I am almost higher on from the Mallet trade than Spencer Steer just because of his power numbers. And once Votto has gone, the Reds are not going to have a solidified power bat in their lineup. And if this guy keeps producing the way he does, I think he could be the next young power bat in their lineup. And if, if you're going to play your home games at Great American Ballpark, you need someone who's going to be able to pop you 20 to 30 home runs in a season. And uh, like like the numbers show, he he's definitely shown the potential for that in the minors. So I, I would love to see him keep producing like that. Yeah. The margin for error with him is is less than Steer. Because Steer can not only play a, a solid third base, but actually they played him at shortstop, right field, second base, all over the field. So, you know, he has a lot more... Um, flexibility and, and and ways to make a roster as opposed to Encarnacion Strand, who pretty much has to like lock up like a first base DH spot to to have a spot on the roster. But uh, yeah, really, really excited about him. And then the last guy, Brandon Williamson, just been, man, an up and down year for him. He was uh, um, at the time was was thought of as the the biggest piece of the the uh, Winker Suarez trade. Um, I think now now Connor Phillips has passed him, and Jake Fraley's also maybe banging on that door as well. Uh, Steve, what's your thoughts on Williamson? Yeah, uh, he's been a lot better as of late. I feel like I've seen that the walks have been down lately too. Maybe he's had a couple bad innings. It seems like he can't really get through that first inning without some trouble. But after he settles into the game, he usually gets a lot better and produces uh, – but I for him just to spot start in at the at the major league level and just to see what you have in him. He's another like kind of older guy. I 
is he 20 is he 23 nick i i don't exactly remember his age um yeah he went to col- college because he uh was uh a teammate with nick lodolo he's actually 24 actually 24 and a half so he's oh okay uh, yeah he's, he's he's a little older um but you know he's a pitcher so um you know it takes you know sometimes yeah. a little bit longer to develop um yeah you, you you hit it on the head with williamson it's just these these you know, one bad innings in most of his starts. If you watch them, he um, has good stuff. Is able to get guys out, but you know, has those 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 rough innings. And Great American Ballpark, you don't want to have you know rough innings because that can really you know snowball. We've seen some guys come up here that weren't ready, and it it was rough. So, I my guess with Williamson is maybe like when the Reds have one of those double headers, they call him up for one of those. Maybe where he's he's coming up. And it's a low pressure, like, hey, you're we're only planning on calling you up for this. You know, it, it's not a, hey, we're putting you in the rotation. Maybe kind of ease him in, maybe give him a couple of those starts the rest of the year. Um, he might also be kind of, uh, um, you know, close to some innings capping as well. So that might also be another consideration. But, um, yeah, I think something like that would make sense. I, I would definitely like to see him, though, um, you know, by the end of the year. But I, I don't see him being... Um, added to the roster today. I think that other spot will probably go to um, another, another reliever, especially after what happened you know, tonight with, with the entire Calvary being used. Um, let's talk about some injury updates uh, real quick. We'll run through these. Uh, Hunter green is uh, scheduled um, to make his first rehab start tomorrow well, today uh, uh, for, uh, for the bats. So, uh, Hunter Green, I, it might only be one rehab start, maybe two, um, but hopefully we'll get to see Hunter Green back again this year, and it'd be nice to see him him finish year strong. Uh, Graham Ashcraft started throwing a couple days ago. Um, he's working his way back again, maybe kind of running out of time, but you know he might be just they might be saying, hey, well, like we'd like him to make two more starts the last week of the year. That might be kind of where he's at. Uh, Matt Reynolds is starting a rehab assignment later this week. Not sure really where he would fit into the plans, but, you know, guys are going to be getting hurt probably. And, you know, guys that are maybe banged up or are just going to be put on the IL as opposed to trying to play through it this time of the year. Um, so by the time he's back, there's probably a spot somewhere. Uh, then Albert Almora Jr., uh, he uh, played tonight for the Bats. His first free assignment went one for three. Again, he'd have to be a guy that I think would have to replace someone that's hurt because I don't, I I know the Reds like him and, and I like his defense, but I don't I don't really I don't even know if I necessarily want him ahead of like Stuart Fair, Fairchild or Aquino right now. I I'd rather see those guys. What what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I agree. I think unfortunately, it's just we got to see what the young guys have right now. Like you said, Aquino, Fairchild, Fraley, uh, Friedel. I I think you got to see what these guys can produce because Reynolds and Elmore aren't going to be here after this year. I mean, at least I don't think so. You could probably re-sign him next year just to fill some roster spots. But I think you're, you're not doing, you're not helping yourself as a club. If you're just relying on some of these guys to make starts for you every day, I think obviously it's unfortunate. The Reds are in the position that they're in, you know, with a losing record. And, but this is the time now for, you to give your younger guys a chance and you know they brought back Stuart Fairchild for example to for this this moment to give him an opportunity and 
I'm not opposed to Matt Reynolds and Albert Amora making some spot starts down the stretch if they're able to come back. Like they were good parts of the team. They they helped out this year and uh, Albert uh, kind of provided one of the fun parts of the early season when he uh, was using the like uh, the the acclaimed thing when he used doing like the the scissoring thing or whatever that was. But uh, I, I I think you're just doing a disservice if you're not at least letting your young guys play, figure it out, play day, every day and get really get into the groove of being a major league ball player and see if if there's anything there with them. Yeah, and, and they can also drag these guys' rehab assignments out into mid-late September, um, which for those guys is great, too, because they're earning Major League money. So, you know, hey, they, they, they played hard. They're still earning that Major League paycheck doing the rehab assignments. So um, yeah, I imagine they're probably just kind of, you know, there as insurance, and there will be some more injuries. We don't know who or where, but, mm. um, you know, those guys at least – can can be competitive, especially games against the Pirates. Uh, and then lastly, Mike Moustakis <laughs> is expected to miss the remainder of the 2022 season. I know we are all devastated uh, that we will not get to see any more Mike Moustakis. Steve, I'll ask it. Has Mike Moustakis had his last at-bat as a Cincinnati Red? He is still owed $16 million next year with the $4 million buyout the next, I think. Ah, man, I, I don't see how they they bring him back for another year. I just, I don't know. It seems obviously cheaper to not bring him back. But, I again, you can't have a roster spot for him if you want to see what some of the, your young guys are able to do. And, you know, I, it just really never worked for Mike in Cincinnati. And I think it would have worked out had, you know, it been a regular season in 2020 and, um, and even in the shortened season, he unfortunately came down with COVID and I think he got hurt a couple times. And then last year he was hurt for a long stretch and it, he just never was able to really stay healthy enough to be a part of the everyday lineup. So I feel for him, obviously major league guy, he would, he, this is not what he wanted for his career. He would have wanted to get, stay the same guy that he was in Kansas city and Milwaukee. And I, it, it just, just never really panned out after opening day 2020 where he was like, Oh my God, the guy, the red signed this guy for four years. Like he's awesome. I never really panned out after that, but you know, I, I feel for the guy, you know, he spent three years of his career here and it just didn't work out. Obviously he was paid well and you know, I'm not really too concerned about that, but I, I can't see him coming back at all, unfortunately. And you know, I'm sure all the people uh, – I have a Mike Moustakis gif that will live on forever on the internet uh, in the Giphy bar, and uh, it won't be used again, unfortunately. So, so sorry, Mike. Yeah, I uh, I see probably a similar thing with, like, Shogo Akiyama, where they're going to make him go to spring training, you know, go all the way through. Um, emotions, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you're hoping maybe guys are there – retiring but i don't see you know guy throwing away 20 million dollars for yeah. nothing but i i would see that and then you know get to the end of the spring um if you have you know one of those crazy springs where you have so many injuries hey maybe you you know let them play a little bit in the season but you know if you get regular you know 
relatively healthy. You have enough younger guys. I think you probably are just better off cutting ties and, um, you know, letting some of the other younger guys play. And yeah, it stinks. You know, 2020, I mean, he had an, over 900 OPS and six home runs in, in September, October of, of 2020 actually was, that's a big home runs in that, that weird season at the end of the year. And, you know, help get the rest of the playoffs. And that was the year really that you wanted Musakis the most w- w- was trying to, you know, you know give her the hope when you did have, you know, you know, Bauer on the roster. Um, so it's things that I feel like we would view the Musakis contract a little bit more favorable, you know, had that been a full season and you know, he would have had a little bit more health. Like we think he probably would have that year, but is what it is. And, you know, I, I hope they, I hope they're not, you know, dragging him out next year deep into the season. And, but I, I don't, I think, you know, with them cutting ties with Shogo, I think that's a good sign that, that they are going to do at least the right thing with, with that. So, all right. Uh, Steve, who else are you most interested in, in seeing? Is it Chucky Robinson the rest of the season or do you have anyone else? Yeah, so um, I've really enjoyed seeing uh, what Chucky Robinson's done. It's always cool to see a guy come up and relatively uh, automatically produce the way he has. But um, uh, you know what? I really want to see what Alexis Diaz can do uh, as he closes out the season. And um, he's really been one of the stars of the year for the Reds. It kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't ranked on prospect rankings for the Reds. I, I think he was still kind of an unknown guy when he was named to the opening day roster. And if he can be anything like his brother in New York, like that, that's a real piece that the Reds have in their bullpen for the next five, four or five, six years. And I, I've really enjoyed getting to watch him and learn from big situations, learn how to pitch, learn, you know, and that's part of the growing pains of him. He's uh, come in and given up a, some walks every now and then. And, you know, that's just, Unfortunately, what it's like being a part of, you know, uh, Diaz, uh, of having him involved uh, as a rookie. But he's been he's had some such such great moments this year as well. Like I can remember uh, he had loaded the bases and then struck out Jose Ramirez in May. Like there's definitely some moments that he's had this year where he's been a real positive light. And uh, I got to say Barrero, too, just because uh, I. I'll never live down uh, the the alternate site moment of the year in 2020 where uh, he you just watched his swing and the commentary in the background from from people that were watching him. And it's just I don't, I don't know. I, I love Jose Barrero. Uh, I really want to see him become something. But I would say my answer is Alexis Diaz. What about you? Yeah, I like Alexis Diaz. Uh, someone actually asked me a really good question earlier today and. Uh, if you if you got uh, us up on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, you see uh, Diaz actually the third highest Reds reliever in uh, Fangraphs version of Windsor Brother placements since 1980. <laughs> Only Scott Williamson and Rob Dibble have more uh, as rookies. So uh, yeah, wow, what a, what an awesome season! And I, I don't think we've appreciated enough, um, you know, really what he's done. Um, I'm a huge Jake Fraley fan, so. You know, interested to see him, and then yeah, TJ Friedel as well. You know how how can he how can he finish the season? Um, yeah, those are that's probably what what I'm looking for here. As we one month left, uh, a lot of games in September. Uh, 
there's there's a double header in there um after um those are off tomorrow they're off monday but then after that they only have two more off days the rest of the year into october 5th is the last day uh so yeah there'll be a lot of a lot of reds baseball <laughs> dear to finish the year uh for some of you that's a good thing for others that's uh yeah whatever all right uh real quick I, I wanted to start doing this a little bit more um take a look at some of the other races um this was entering today so there, there might have been some shakeup, but um overall if you're watching you you see um kind of where the races stand uh, steve what what race or maybe what team are you kind of most interested in um keeping your eyes on here the the last month of the year um, yeah, so I've been really interested in what the Phillies have been doing recently. Uh, they lost Bryce Harper for a while, and uh, they they were out without Kyle Schwarber for a little bit as well. But they seem to have overcome their defensive mishaps and uh, firing Joe Girardi earlier this year, and really have come into form. Like they they've been really good over the past month, and they've obviously vaulted themselves in a position where they can get back into the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Uh, folks, the Reds have been in the playoffs three times since the Philadelphia Phillies have. So uh, if you're down on the Reds, just think about that. You know, uh, that, that's something to think about. But um, just this uh, National League race, obviously, you see the Braves are kind of pulling away with it. It's been a, t- a little bit of a tug of war with the Mets and the NL East for how close they are. But uh, I'm going to pose something to you, Nick. Uh, do you think the movement is done? Do you think anybody else is going to leap up into that wild card, those that last wild card spot in either league? Because to me, I don't. I, I think we have our seven teams or, or our six teams. Sorry, in each league, I don't really see Milwaukee or Baltimore really leaping up. Well, Baltimore is the team that I'm most interested in watching, just because I think they're fascinating. They just called up their their top prospect today. Uh, it would be insane if Baltimore uh, knocked out Toronto or Seattle, who were both teams at the beginning of the year. We felt were bona fide playoff teams. Midway through the year, we felt, oh, these are you know really good teams. But Baltimore just keeps hanging around. Um, the Twins are also kind of interesting that they're in a weaker division. So I know they've had a lot of injuries, including you know uh, our our old friend Sonny Gray and Tyler Malley. Um, but yeah, I would say that's probably is how it shapes up in the American league. Um, I, I think I'm a little more bullish on, on Milwaukee. Um, and, and why would be again, the division they play, you know, Milwaukee's going to be playing. I don't know their exact size, but I'm assuming they're going to be playing the reds, the pirates and the cubs a lot, you know, whereas, whereas Philadelphia and San Diego, like even San Diego, like the Rockies and D-backs, they're not pushovers. You know, those are those teams I think would be competing in the NL Central right now. Um, they're just in a brutal division. So um, I'm not counting out Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee and San Diego, if those are the two teams in the final spot, would be a fascinating race because they made that <laughs> trade. Um, and and uh, that would be kind of uh, fun to watch. So, yeah, we'll see. And, and we'll, we'll try to keep, you know, going through this here. Um, you know, the last couple weeks. Um, if you hate this segment, tell us. If you like it, tell us, and we'll keep it or not. I don't know. I thought it was something interesting to uh, uh, to add to it. Um, and then if you're watching, here is the the, the format um, with the six teams. So that's going to be interesting. And also, 
I guess maybe something fascinating will be to watch is uh, there's teams fighting for the second or third seed and getting that by. That's kind of a fun. I I really like that part of it. There's some parts I don't like, but I do like that part of it where, yeah, you may have your division winners set, but there's still going to be something for a lot of teams to play. And I think there'll be a lot more moving pieces and a lot more interesting storylines at the end of the year. So I'm kind of interested to see how, how that plays out. All right. Yeah, and that top wild card too, like I'm just, sorry, just a note, like that top wild card spot too uh, is, uh, is interesting as well. Cause they host that first round playoff series and, you know, like the Braves obviously have a lock on that, but that could be something to watch too in the AL wild card race is that I think those teams are pretty tightly, tightly knotted for those three, three spots. Yeah. And all three games are home. Yeah. That's a, a really good point, Steve. I do like that. All right. Here's your upcoming schedule. No Reds baseball tomorrow, uh, today, whatever it is. Uh, so, uh, go mow the grass or whatever you're going to do on a Thursday night. Uh, then the Reds, uh, three against the Rockies, uh, three at the Cubs, and then they'll be at the, um, at the Brewers. Uh, so if you see, here's what you got coming up. I'm not going to really go through all those. Uh, Chase Anderson, is he going to pitch on Sunday? Is he pitched tonight? Um, that's an interesting thing to to watch. All right. Um, before I get to this, Steve, wanted to really thank you for coming on tonight. You were awesome. A lot of fun. Definitely got to have you back again if you're willing and able uh, this off season. Uh, for some, some more chats really have enjoyed uh, having you on the show uh, tonight once again before you get out of here a uh, shout out all your stuff where people could find you yeah so uh in the in the in the stream you can see my personal uh twitter account is at underscore mauer power uh that's not joe mauer uh i've gotten that a lot nick people spell my last name wrong all the time even my best friends still spell my last name wrong so uh it's mauer with two r's uh and then power at the end um our twitter account uh following the reds is at atbbttr and this blog belongs to the reds kind of wordy but it's you know, obviously a play on uh the famous uh broadcaster for the reds marty brenneman his his call uh, whenever the reds would win games uh when he was still working uh so uh we really just try to make it fun keep a little more of the positive light of Reds country. Uh, try to invite people like it's our, uh, my guy Rob said, it's like we're the front porch of Reds country. We're inviting you in. We have a nice pie cooling on the, uh, on the porch and you smell the, you know, what kind of pie, whatever kind of pie you like. It's, it's that's the pie we have waiting for you. And we're just making fun and uh, try to post like some fun videos and, you know, maybe a little bit more clips, uh, once the team maybe gets back to more of a, a higher standard of performance, but we really just try to make it fun and enjoyable for everybody to be a Reds fan. Uh, you know, like, like you do Nick and like everybody else is doing, we're just trying to have fun and watch the team and really hope for some more wins along the way. So it's, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, we're going to be entering our, uh, our fourth season. Uh, no, sorry. Our fifth season next year, which is kind of, kind of crazy to think about. So, all right. No, uh, yeah, I guess our fifth season next year. I can't count. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, fantastic. Well, we have enjoyed having you on. Uh, wanted to make sure I made mention of this before we uh, get out of here. Uh, premiering uh, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, we did, uh, me and Tim did a special interview with Cam Miller. Uh, I'm sure if you follow the Reg, you know he's got a film, uh, Riverfront Remembered, 
Um, that's going to be debuting uh, next week, I believe. Um, really cool interview. Um, talk with Cam about um, his film and then other Cincinnati nostalgia, including like even the Cincinnati Gardens, which I think was a really cool conversation. Uh, so really enjoyed that. So that will premiere tomorrow at 8 across all of our platforms, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And, then, and it will also be up as a podcast right at 8 o'clock as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, make sure that you um, check that out. Um, and then, as always, please take two seconds, hit that like button on YouTube, and subscribe to our channel. Uh, it really helps us continue to grow the show. Um, subscribe on all your favorite f- podcast platforms. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, we really do um, appreciate it, and we appreciate everyone's uh, support. So for Steve, I'm Nick. Thanks for joining us tonight. Go Reds. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube